Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of the Two Shots Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Garcia, and today we will be joined by our co-host, Thomas the Spurs Dude Vega, also known as TTSD. And we'll be recapping the season. And what we're going to be doing first off, though, is we're going to kind of talk about this article that came out uh, via ESPN. It was shared on social media, and it was written by Michael C. Wright. Very enlightening article about Kawhi Leonard. We'll also grade the players for the season on their performances from an A through an F. <laughs> and we'll talk a little bit more about what the expectations might be for the Spurs moving forward into next season. And will Mono retire or will he come back for one more season? Find out as we talk about that and a whole lot more on this all new episode of the Two Shots podcast starting now. Hey, Thomas, it's been a while, man. You know, we've had to like grieve a little bit from this loss that the Spurs had kind of dealt with some some really tough issues, you know, in the playoffs with, uh, you know, the passing of Coach Popovich's wife, Erin Popovich, you know, may she rest in peace. And, you know, the Spurs, they lost to the Golden State Warriors. They managed to win one game here at home in game four. I was hoping that they could push it to a game six, but it just wasn't meant to be. Either way, I was very proud of the guys and the performance that they uh, put on against the Warriors because they really competed and they really put their hearts and souls into this series, even though they knew uh, pretty much the outcome, you know, and they knew they were outmatched as far as the uh, offense goes. But man, that they put up a great valiant effort on defense. So we'll start off with you and let us know when, what did you think? about their performance, you know, in the, in the playoffs, Thomas. Yeah, man. Uh, you know, like you said, man, the last game was, uh, you know, it came down to, uh, the Spurs just getting outplayed by Golden State, but you know, with the little, with how undermanned they were with the injuries that they went through this whole season. Um, I mean, they did their best out there that they possibly could. I mean, offensively, you know, they didn't have as much firepower as Golden State and, uh, defensively as well, but you know they tried to weather the storm as much as they could, and Manu, you know, kept him in it. Uh, at 40 years old, you can't really ask for much <laughs> from Manu because you know he's given every last hair follicle for the Spurs. I mean, he's, and his right he's one, going, he gave up his right one for us as well. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah he's given up a lot. There's a lot of pieces of body parts all over the court. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean Manu's done you know his part and. You know, year after year, he's played. You know, he always does his best. He tries to go out there and, you know, uh, do his part and hustle, go after these balls, make plays, the little things like that. Uh, but it's hard. It's difficult. It's not hard to do at 40. So, yeah. uh, you know, given the fact that the Spurs, you know, were having the season that they did, you know, with the amount of injuries that they had, I mean, for them to still make the playoffs, um, for them to still, you know, be able to win just one game, at least they didn't get swept. Um, they were able to win in game five. And I think, you know, that showed that they played with a lot of heart. Uh, yeah. Didn't, and that, Golden State you know, didn't they get didn't to break out the brooms. <laughs> yeah. They, they didn't go down without a fight. So uh, they did what they had to do. And, you know, it just came up short in the end. Yeah. It was just too much offense, you know, from Golden State. 
the Spurs, I mean, they they played them tough, you know, through throughout all, almost all four quarters. You know, they they played tough defense. It's just, you know, the Spurs just didn't have the firepower to keep up with them. You know, we saw the bricklayer and Danny Green, you know, just chunking up threes and not not really contributing. You know, Bryn Forbes disappeared. Kyle Anderson disappeared. We didn't have very much production out of Davis Bertans, which was kind of disappointing. We had Rudy Gay stepping up. You know, you had spurts here and there where you had Manu. He had a game or two that he was okay in. And, you know, Tony Parker, he had one game, I think, out of the series where he really shined. But, I mean, it was just, you know, LaMarcus can only do so much, you know, and, and he really didn't get the help out of, you know, beyond Rudy Gay. He didn't really get the help out of the, su- the supporting cast on a consistent basis. You know, Patty Mills, for all the flack that we gave him all season, I got to ha- give him, you know, a round of applause, Thomas, giving him a hand clap. That dude really proved me wrong. He made me shut up and say, you know what? I take it back, Patty Mills. You, you played good in the series. I'll give him that. But other than that, you, uh, I feel a certain way about him too. But <laughs> what did you think of his performance in the playoffs? Yeah, it seemed like, uh, you know, in that Golden State series, his shot started to fall more. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of times it just has to, it's a mental. I think a lot of times when players miss shots and then all of a sudden they start to fall in, it's just all mental, man, because there's no other way to put it. You know, it's not like he was injured or anything. There was nothing bothering him. Uh, but it's just having to see the ball go through the hoop, that makes a whole well of a difference. Uh, when you start to make shots like that and, and trust me, you know, I play basketball too, so I know what it is to miss shots and, and feel like you can't make anything. Then all of a sudden, boom, they just start falling. Like it's crazy. Um, but a lot of it is just mental. And I think once you get over that mental aspect of the game, those shots start to fall. You see them going in. And I think that's what happened with Patty. Uh, his shots started falling for him. He got more confident, and he was able to make more plays, more shots. And all in all, you know, he uh, he did a lot better uh, in that first round than he did even in the end of the regular season. Yeah, I, I agree with you in that regards. You know, and moving on, you know, that's the end of that segment, recapping the, the Spurs playoff run against the Warriors. You know, I'm, we're proud of the guys. We're proud to be Spurs fans. You know, win or lose, you keep hearing that. That's an old cliche. But it's true. Me and Thomas are diehard fans. Regardless of where the team finishes, regardless of the struggles, we're still going to be wearing our silver and black next season. So hats off to the guys. It wasn't a a dis- it was disappointing that they had to end the season in the first round, but it wasn't a disappointment as far as what they did for you know throughout the regular season. They proved that no matter what, even just you know using this little squad that they had without minus Kawhi Leonard they were still able to make the playoffs so that to me was a big success and something to carry forward into next season so moving on we're going to talk about this article that came out earlier today on ESPN by Michael C. Wright in it he was talking about Kawhi Leonard but the article was really interesting because ESPN has been known for clickbait throughout you know the whole season they write articles based on, oh, I have sources. Oh, come on, guys. You know, really, you have sources. No, you don't. You're just making stuff up for clickbait. You want people to read these stories that you all are just making up out of thin air, out of nothing. But this article was refreshing in the way that Michael C. Wright 
actually did a really great piece and it was based on good journalism. He presented facts. He didn't say, you know, hey, this is a rumor that I'm making up. This is something else that came to light right now. He was just putting it kind of like in chronological order. This is what happened throughout the season with Kawhi Leonard. Let us know the name of, you know, the doctor that's seeing Kawhi Leonard and overseeing his rehab, the name of Kawhi Leonard's agent, the you know, the corporation he's working for, the name of Kawhi Leonard's uncle, you know, his background as far as his professional uh, background and what he does and what he brings to the table. Um, we know we, we learned a lot. You know, we, we know what happened with the Spurs for, you know, front office and the doctors and what happened with Kawhi's camp. But it was nice to hear everything, you know, and the way that it was presented. And what I walked away from with this article, because it wasn't telling you to choose a side. It was just giving you the facts and you, the reader, could make your own assumption. I felt after I read that article, I felt good. It made me believe that, you know, there's still a 50-50 chance that Kawhi Leonard can't come back and the relationship between him and the Spurs isn't as far gone as we thought it was. You know, once you sit down, you offer the money, you sit down, there's still hope that they can iron things out. Uh, What did you think of it, Thomas? Yeah, man, um, you know, pretty much what you said, man, I have to agree with that. You know, the thing, you know, we've been all waiting for Kawhi, you know, all season, and obviously with his injury and for him to be out this many games and for him to miss almost the entire season, but nine, what was it, nine games or so? Yeah, nine games. Um, you know, he obviously was hurt. And, and, and you can't judge a player by how hurt they are. You can't go into their body and, and say, hey, you know, this guy is just feeling this or that. We can't feel their pain, so we can't judge them. You know, we can't judge them as players or people. We just have to take their word for it. And I don't think Kawhi Leonard would make up such a story that he's hurt and, and he's not. Of course he's hurt. He wouldn't miss that many games. He loves the game too much to do something like that. There would be no reason for him to jeopardize a season uh, to prove some type of point or that he wants out. If he really wanted out, he could have said that even last year yeah. uh, before this injury occurred. But, uh, you know, the media always – that's the thing with the media, man. They they come up with stories, and you see it all the time, clickbait. Even on YouTube videos, you see clickbait <laughs> titles. You know, you see it all the time. People just want you to watch their content or view their stuff, and, and they're going to put a title on there that's a little misleading – and you think it's going to be talking about this thing, but it actually, no, they're, they're just getting you to click on it. But there is some pretty good information. But uh, the most interesting part about not just the article, but, you know, even on, you know, if you follow Kawhi's fan page on Instagram, you know, Kawhi Leonard's sister runs this page. Um, and, you know, I tend to believe her more than I believe ESPN or whatever everybody else is saying. When it comes to Kawhi, Kawhi's sister knows him better than anybody else. And she knows that, and she's explained it to her, to his fans and uh, what's going on with him and why he's been out. And, you know, he's hurt. And when he's 100% healthy, he'll come back. When he feels 100%, he'll be back. And, you know, all these other rumors are just, you know, they're just all for nothing. It's just, it's just, uh, people want stories and they want, I guess they feel a certain way about Kawhi or whatever the, you know, case is, whatever the fact of the matter is, is that he's out because he's not a hundred percent. 
And if he was, he'd be playing, and we wouldn't even be having this conversation about him demanding to be traded or he wants out. This conversation wouldn't even exist if he was never even hurt to begin with. And that's the whole thing, you know. You know, uh, it's just, I mean, it's unfortunate that it happened, you know, that he had to miss a whole year, but it's not shocking to me that he did miss a whole year. It's something I even predicted. Um, even when people said I was crazy and didn't know what I was talking about. Um, I remember that. <laughs> yeah. And there's a word for that, but <laughs> I want to be nice and not say that. There's a Spanish word for that. But, uh, Pendejos. You know, it's, uh, yeah. <laughs> I said it for you. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's just a, it's just a, something that you know it's 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 unfortunate that you know he missed the whole year but he'll be back when he's ready and there's no reason to rush him i mean there's no reason to you know the spurs finished their season and they did what they could they came up short obviously they needed him but hey when you're trying to recover your health comes first over everything else and yeah you know Kawhi, and the thing about you know his contract coming up Kawhi actually deserves that money because the money that the Spurs are paying him is based on what he's done for the team already in the past. And, you know, that money, that extra bonus is actually rewarding him for the times that he won those defensive player of the year awards. You know, the things that he's done for the organization. He helped them win a title in 2014. He's given the team, you know, a championship. So he really doesn't owe anybody anything. He's, he's, he did something that Kevin Durant couldn't do in Oklahoma City, win that team a championship. Ka- Kawhi Leonard did something KD couldn't do on his own, win a title. He didn't have to join a 72-plus win team. He didn't have to join a bunch of all-stars uh, that were already winning before he got there. No, he won a title with role players, and people forget this. And people might say, oh, well, he had Duncan and he had Ginobili. These guys are all past their prime. Kawhi Leonard won with... You know, role players. Boris Dion, Marco Beninelli. You know? Yeah, these are these are role players, man. These aren't superstar players. And he didn't win with a bunch of all stars. He won with a, a team that played smart basketball, but they weren't all all stars. And yeah. for people to say though, you know, for people to say, oh well, he had this guy and he had that guy, but they're not all stars. You know, there's a big difference between playing with uh, Boris Diaw and uh, you know Kevin Durant and Draymond Green and and Curry and there's a huge difference. I mean, you can't compare that. Huge difference. So, the fact that he won the Spurs a title, the fact that he's had all these accomplishments on the team, he's given them all that they've asked. And really, he doesn't owe anybody anything. He doesn't owe an explanation. He does. If he's out because of an injury, then yeah, I mean, there's nothing you can do about it. Now, yeah, obviously, if he didn't, and and obviously, if he didn't have the injury, of course, he'd be playing. You know, but people just need to, you know, people just need to get out. They just know, need to chill the emotions. F out. You don't need to chill the yeah. F out. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no need to call the guy out and say that he's lying or F, F this and F that. Like, no, no, he's, he's hurt. If you were hurt, it's like, it's like you getting hurt on your job. You know, you got hurt at work. Can you imagine if someone came and questioned you? Oh, well. Man, I think uh, your foot should be healed by now, right? Didn't you break it about two months ago? Like, who are you to tell me what kind of pain I'm feeling? Like, you're not aspirin. 
you know, you, you're going to cure my pain, uh, Bendejo? <laughs> yeah. It's like, no. Yeah, uh, but I'm going to be honest yeah, with you, man. Let me tell you one thing, though. You know, this whole Kawhi debacle, I think why the fans are so jaded and so upset, it kind of feels like, you know, when they read these articles that were posted as clickbait throughout the season, it just got them mad. You know, why aren't we hearing from Kawhi? Well, you know, he's quiet, you know, so you're not hearing from him. That's that's a good thing. You know, he's he's being his normal self. Then he speaks and they're still not happy with it. And now he's not talking again and they're still not happy with it. You know, and it's it's you can't please everybody. You know, at the end of the day, yeah. the only thing we can hope for, because this the relationship, I, I really do believe, has it's put, it's it's been put through it, some type of strain. You know, Kawhi and the Spurs obviously have some issues, you know, and the way things were handled and the way they they went about handling them and didn't say things and did did say some things that, you know, it is what it is on that end. And the only thing you can do is when you if you do offer him a Supermax contract, you come in to the office and you sit down with them and you talk face to face. You have to hope that at the end of the day, they both meet eye to eye and believe that they have the same agendas for the team, you know, that they want to continue to win, you know, and try to push on through, you know, as far as they can through every season to win nothing less than a championship. You know, if Kawhi makes demands and says, I want this, I want that, and I want things to be different. And you know what? We'll see you later, dude. We don't got time for diva, you know, diva behavior. And hopefully that hasn't come to that. You know, if and it do, if it does, you know, I feel like no one player can hold a team hostage. They don't have the right to do that because at the end of the day, it's a business. And you have to treat every player, no matter how good they are, the same. You shouldn't play favorites. You know, if you're going to give this freedom to Kawhi to go ahead and get a second opinion, then the Spurs shouldn't get mad if, let's say, a Danny Green or, you know, heaven forbid, LaMarcus or somebody else gets injured and goes for a second opinion. They should treat it the same exact way. But you can't keep on with the question marks, you know, the uncertainty. You have to know where you stand with Kawhi and is he going to come back? Is he going to be healthy to play next season? If he's going to go, well, I'm working on rehabbing. I'm not going to be stupid enough to offer you a $210 million Supermax contract if you can't give me a guarantee that you're going to be ready to go when game one of the preseason starts, let alone game one of the regular season. If you can't even be engaged in preseason workouts, it might be time to cut our losses and and make a trade. You know, I hate to say it, but it's true. I mean, if you have a guy who sat out a whole season and rehabbed, and he has a whole offseason to rehab, and he's still not ready to go by preseason, he can't work out with the team, and he can't participate, and then you're getting closer to the regular season, and he still might be missing games in the beginning, and I don't know when I'm coming back. No, I'm done with you. You know, got to move on. Because if he's going to be like that with the Spurs, he's going to be like that anywhere else he goes. So, you know, if it comes to that, you know, that's what the Spurs should do. But I doubt it does because I believe truly that Kawhi Leonard will be back with the San Antonio Spurs next season, which leads us into our next segment, Thomas. It's time to hand out some grades, man. A being, you know, a passing grade that you did fantastic, you know. F means it was a complete debacle failure. Get your sorry ass out of here. 
<laughs> so why don't you start us off and I'll tell you, let's grade the starters. You know, we're going to grade these uh, players based on their performance, Thomas. So why don't we start with your favorite player, Danny Green? How would you rate his performance? Um, you know, people can tell me what they want, but this boy gets a F. And it ain't for fantastic either. <laughs> I thought you were going to give him a B for brick. Hombre, <laughs> <laughs> that's being too nice. Aye. I, this man's laid more bricks in a bricklayer convention. Hey, that was my new nickname for him this season, the bricklayer. Yeah, I mean, this this guy Danny Green, man, he's laid more bricks than a construction site. He's got more bricks than the uh, Alamo Plaza. I mean, my goodness. I mean, we could go build another convention center You could build another river walk with all those bricks. Oh, man. <laughs> you could build all types of stuff with those bricks. He's got so, he's got more bricks than Legos. No, man. Have, uh, man, you talk about horrendous shooting and... Listen, I get it. Danny Green, you know, has occasions where he does play defense, where he, but this is no, he's no Bruce Bowen. He's not a stopper. He's not a defensive. He ain't even a Matt Bonner. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, like Matt Bonner at least made his shots that red racket, you know, um, he, <laughs> you know, at least Bonner made his shots, but damn, you know, Danny Green just, I just don't understand how you could brick so much. Like, I don't yeah. understand. I, I don't know if it's his form. I don't know if it's the way he shoots. I think he just shoots too hard when he shoots. I think it's too stiff. I, I really think he shoots too stiff. Well, whatever he's doing, it ain't working, man. So you got to work on that in the off season. You know, stop being a world traveler, going out there and taking all those selfies and work on your shot, boy. You know, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, no more, no more Club Rio for you. Yeah, man. <laughs> He needs to hit the gym and, and really work on the shot because we, we really need some offense out of him. I need, I love him to death as far as what he does on the defensive end. But if he could score consistently like 10 points every single game, 12 points, you know, I mean, damn, we would be a lot in a lot better shape, you know. And he really does need to work on that. Now yeah. we're going to move on to grading Patty Mills. What do you think about Patty Mills? I, I give Danny Green. Personally, I'll give Danny Green a D minus on the season. That's my grade. I'm being generous, but Patty Mills, what do you grade Patty Mills? Well, depending on how he played the whole season, you know, I would probably all give season him a and, and the playoffs, you know, let's you know, the whole season, you know, how, how would you grade his performance? I would probably say a C minus C minus. I'll probably second that. I think I'd go with the C minus on Patty. You know, I was, he was, he was hovering above a D and almost got an F, but the you know from the performance he put in in the playoffs you gotta you gotta at least give him a C minus I agree with that. Now Lamarcus Aldridge surprised us all and I give him an A plus for the performance he put in this season. He was our our go to guy. I mean he really stepped up. What do you think about Lamarcus? What do you grade him? Uh yeah I probably say A minus only because of the playoffs well they once they started double teaming him man. It was, it was just absolutely, it was, it was just done. It was, I don't know what happened to the scoring, but, uh, and the thing I've always had about Aldridge is that I, he's a good player, but man, when he starts taking these perimeter jump shots <laughs> and these fadeaways, I'm like, 
Oh no! Don't do that. Yeah, I mean, your your name's Lamarcus, not is, Dirk. This is where the Spurs missed Tim Duncan. Yep. Tim Duncan would, you know, po- take post you up. You know, he'd square you up at the basket and hit it off the backboard and in. Yeah. He would, you know, hit you with those little jab steps and then, you know, you know, he hit you with that, you know, hook shot or that something. Footwork, man. Duncan was, yeah, the footwork, and you know, he, but Aldridge just. There's times where he will post up all the way, but then there's also times where he'll just post up, get the ball, and then he just gets stuck. He hesitates on the shot, doesn't take the shot, then tries to kick it back out, and then he's just all out of rhythm and ends up bricking. You know, you gotta you gotta just pound inside, and then and then you know if you're open, take the mid range. But you know, it seems like he tries to force the shot a lot of times. Yeah, I think he's just trying to beat the double and triple teams when they're coming at him, you know, and he kind of has to force his shot up, and I think that's why it looks the way it does. Because unfortunately for the Spurs, they really didn't have anybody who was really consistent, just LaMarcus as far as the offensive scoring threat. So moving on, what do you think about DeJounte Murray? How would you grade his performance? Me personally, based on what I saw out of the young star, I'm going to be critical of him. Yeah, I saw a lot of promise out of DeJounte, but I also saw a lot of mistakes. He's rushing a lot of, you know, running down the court, rushing the plays, making a bunch of turnovers and ill-advised passes, doesn't really know what to do at the end of, of the game in crucial crucial crunch time. Um, I'd have to give him a solid C- minus on his performance um, just based on what I saw from this season. I and mean, What do you think? What, what kind of grade would you hand out to the young point guard? Yeah, I'd have to say the same thing, man. A C minus. You saw some, some flashes, man, but he still needs a lot of work. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's athletic. He's got quickness and speed, but uh, he's got to work on that jump shot. He's got to be able to make these jump shots when he's wide open, you know, those three point you know, shots, defense. especially. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a form or what it is, I mean, because he has a nice form, but for some reason, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't know. It's kind of hard to describe it, but for some reason, he just can't make them. You got to put some jump on it, man. He's got to really commit. We're gonna do a jump, a jump shot. You got to really jump when you're gonna hit that shot. You can't just be lazy about it. You got to really jump and let the ball go at the apex of that jump, not coming down. If you let it go coming down, it's gonna brick. You know, so he has to get in rhythm. He has to find what works for him. And I think that's why it looks so awkward because he's not really in rhythm. He's just kind of rushing down the court and he gets a little space and boom, he's just going to rush the shot. He has to learn to calm down, create some space, but get in that form. You know, and the only way you're going to get that form, like you are like you were saying, is he has to hit the gym. You know, he has to work on that in the offseason. So we give DeJounte a solid C-. minus. Um, moving on from DeJounte, we already hit... LaMarcus, we had, you know, uh, Patty Mills, Danny Green, and we also uh, DeJounte Murray right now. So the last person on the list, I guess, that we can grade uh, based on performance this season is, what did you think about Kyle Anderson? They used him a lot in the starting lineup this season in the absence of Kawhi Leonard. I saw a lot of good things out of Kyle myself. And I saw a lot of bad things out of Kyle in this in the playoffs. He just completely just disappeared on us, and we could have really used him. 
Um, that's not the first time that's happened already. He's been with the Spurs a couple of seasons already. And I'd have to say, just based on what I saw, I'll just give him a C. Not a C minus, not even a C plus, just a C, a solid C. And what did you what do you grade uh his performance this year? Yeah, that sounds about right. Either a C. I'll be even nicer. I'll probably even say a B minus. Aye, yeah, you're more you're a lot more nicer than I am, man. <laughs> I mean I mean, and the only reason why I say that is because well, during the regular season, he did have his moments where yeah. he was able to. I'll tell you what, he did more than Danny Green. That is true. <laughs> and as and even though he's not a three point shooter, but to me, he made a little bit more plays. Obviously, yeah, I know he's slow in his movements, but the thing about Kyle Anderson is, is that he calculates his moves. Now, against these more athletic players, you know, yeah, it really doesn't work against the LeBron Jameses of the world or the Kevin Durant's of the world. The more athletic players because they're they're so athletic they can easily block a shot and time it but against other guy, other the rest of the nba he did he did a he did a pretty solid job of you know knowing when to score how to score you know he calculates all his moves so when he goes up they look you know it looks like it's in slow motion but he's actually just moving at his own speed yeah the thing about Kyle anderson he he knows how to play the game yeah he does but it, he just has trouble it, the thing is, is when they play athletic play or against an athletic team, yeah. that's where he struggles. But if he's playing against, you know, the Charlotte Hornets or, you know, the Orlando Magic, you know, the, no, you know, man. these type of teams, <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, you know, it, it's just harder for him against the more the elite athletic players. But I mean, it's, it's hard to, when you're playing against athletic guys, you know, it's a you know, and you move like that, they can easily time your shot and block it. It's not hard to do, and uh, but he is a solid player. Yeah, I'll give him that. You know, he was he did good, but I don't know. He's one of these players, Thomas. Honestly, that we don't know if he's going to come back next year or not. He's going to hit the restricted free agent market, and he might warrant a little bit more money than the Spurs are willing to pay him. You know, so he's one of those players that we might let go. Same thing with Danny Green. If you gave me an option and you said you can only have one player, you can either have Danny Green come back next year or you can have Kyle Anderson, who would you pick? I'd pick Anderson. I think I'd have to agree with you, man. You know, you can't get used to these players, man. These fans, they fall in love with the players. Never fall in love with the player because it's a business at the end of the day. And anyone can go and they say, no, you're a fool. Because in the past, they've let go of George the Iceman Gervin. They've let go let go of Sean Elliott. They let go of Malik yeah. Rose. You know, and these are all... Oh, these are never, all fan favorites. Yeah, and they're like, oh, they'll never let him go. Even Avery Johnson, they let him walk away. So never say never. He let go of the little general. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let him. They gave him his walking papers. You got to go, you know, let him walk away. So, you know, it can happen. So don't get used to the players because the roster can look yeah. different next season. So moving forward, we're going to go and look at one that one player in particular I think did shine this season for us. And he came out of off of a, a horrendous injury, the Achilles injury in Rudy Gay. Rudy Gay, I'd have to give him at least an A-plus, dude, right behind LaMarcus. I thought what he was able to do when he played with the Spurs, he was a very dynamic player. He gave you everything he had. He played hard. 
He looked like a totally different player than he did with the with the Sacramento Kings. And he tried really hard in the, in the playoffs. You know, he tried to really, you know, will the team to victory as lo- alongside LaMarcus Aldridge. You know, but the Spurs just didn't have enough offensive weapons. But I'll give him a solid A+. Plus. Uh, what did you think of Rudy Gay this season? Yeah, I would have to agree, man. You know, either an A-plus or an A-minus or even just an A. I mean, this guy, he showed up. Um, Rudy, if it wasn't for that injury that kept him out, Man, I mean, he was on a roll when he first yeah. got here, and he was uh, scoring and making plays. Think about Rudy Gay is he can score in transition. He's athletic enough to where he can block shots, get some steals. He's a poor man's Kawhi Leonard, uh, <laughs> you know. And uh, you know, he, he made plays. You know, he he's able to hit some outside perimeter shot. You know, he's pretty good at the free throw line. He can take you off the dribble. He can score an ISO play. So. That's a guy that you can give the ball to and he can score for you. Um, but, you know, when he missed those games, I think it just threw him out of rhythm when he yeah. came back because, you know, just like any person, any player, you're out that long, you're going to be out of rhythm and you're going to be a little rusty. And I think it just took him time to get back in rhythm. And uh, But Rudy Gay, you know, I thought he was pretty solid the times that they played him. Uh, yeah, I agree. He did a pretty good job at scoring and even defending them. Please. Yeah, I get you know, I, like I said, man, I stand by that, man. I give him an A plus. Thought he did good. Some other players that I'm gonna give him a grade of G, and G stands for get the f out. Is Joffrey Levine? He was horrible, and he needs to just get the f out. Bryn Forbes, horrible. Ooh. Get the f out. <laughs> mm-hmm. We don't need them. Yeah, they were they were bad, man. They were really bad. Even, you know, Brent Forbes showed some flashes. You know, he had some games that he went off. But then that was it. It was short-lived. It was just fool's goal, man. This dude just laid an egg, you know, to close out the season. He just disappeared. And the playoffs disappeared. Joffrey Levine, you thought that he would be good when you're looking at him in preseason. Then he plays in the regular season. Doesn't look engaged. Just looks clumsy. Doesn't know where to go. I think, know what, to I think do. what happened. Yeah, I think what happened with Laverne is he got injured too much. Yeah, but I and mean, that him. yeah, but even you know you had Rudy Gay who was injured, but Rudy Gay came back from his injuries too with that Hilbertitis, you know, and he was still trying to get himself in game shape because of his Achilles, you know. So I, I don't know, man. I, I don't give him a pass on that. He just he just needed to man up and really bring it, you know. And that's the thing that was disappointing. You saw him bring it in preseason, but when it was regular season and it really counted, he just laid an egg and just you know. Just laid on the in the fetal position on the ground, you know, just there crying, like, dude, just get out of the way, you know. <laughs> I'm done with mm-hmm. him, and I'm done with Bryn Forbes. I don't believe in him, you know. So they they just they get a grade of G for get the f out. <laughs> and another yeah. player that we're gonna grade, and you can't even put a you can't really grade him, is the great Manu Ginobili. I mean, you you can't even anything above a a plus 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 whatever you want to do. That's what Mono deserves. I mean, you you can't even, I can't even fathom this guy playing at this level at age 40 and what he's been able to do. You know, I mean, he he gave it his all. And if, in fact, this was Manu's, you know, last season, I mean, he put on a hell of a performance for everybody. You know, I, I for one, don't want to see him go. Excuse me, I think he needs to come back for one more season. But that's really up to him. And I really, truly believe 
that he'll come back for one more season and he'll let it be known. This is it. I'm not going to come back after this. I'm coming back for one more season and this is my last season. What would you grade Manu Ginobili and what do you think? Coming back next season, not coming back, Thomas? Yeah, man. Uh, I think with Manu, you know, well, like every year, I think it's going to be, he'll probably make an announcement sometime in July. Um, somewhere around there. So that's when I'm expecting him to make that announcement, whether he's going to come back. And there's really no telling with Manu because we thought even last year he would retire and he came back again. So I think he's going to, you know, take some time off with his family, talk to his wife a little bit and see what she says. And, you know, he might want to spend more time with his kids now that they're getting older. You know, I know that's why Tim Duncan also retired when he did. A lot of it had to do with the kids. Yeah. wanted to be there for them so you know it might not just be a basketball decision it might also be a family-wise decision so a lot of these things come into you know into play and uh you know if he wants to come back another year you know obviously he's given so much to this team that i'm not sure what else more he can give you know because his body's been through so much but i mean if he's able to recuperate his body over the off season and find some type of time machine and <laughs> hey Tony <laughs> Parker to does have that point. DeLorean <laughs> yeah if he can figure out a way to uh, replenish his body and you know he might be able to I think he can do one more year but I think that might be it yeah you that's know? what I'm and really thinking then, as well. even then you know even this past year he he pushed himself to the limit yeah man so, he was held together with duct tape and grandpa juice man yeah he's <laughs> He's pushed his body to the very limit. Yeah, but I'd like to see him at least come back for one more season and say, you know, hey, this is it for me. I'm going to, regardless of the outcome, this is it, you know. So hopefully we see him return. And we'll end the grading system with Tony Parker. What do you think about Tony Parker's performance this season? It looked like he was, you know, starting the season all strong when he came back from his, uh, you know, torn out or blown out, uh, you know, quadriceps tendon that he had out uh in the in the playoffs against the Houston Rockets uh he hit a wall he even said himself and he just couldn't move past it and unfortunately he got demoted to backup point guard and they gave the starting position to to DeJounte but regardless of where he was at he Tony Parker never complained he never looked like he was disappointed he just looked like he was happy to be out there on the court playing and he tried to, you know, produce the best that he could, even though he hit a wall and he's still trying to come back from his from his injury. And hats off to him, you know, because his injury was, in fact, worse. More, It was a lot more severe than Kawhi Leonard's. But Tony Parker came back and played through it. And I'll give him a solid B. And that's all just for effort. You know, he didn't he wasn't able to score. He isn't the same player he once was. But I applaud him. And the effort that he put out every night, even though he wasn't able to score consistently, he did give it his all when he was out there. He contributed in other ways on the court through leadership. And he contributed, you know, by, you know, and and as far as, I guess, running the offense as best as he could, you know, being the backup point guard. And in that regards, you, you really can't put a price on that. So I give him a solid B based on what he was able to do. I and mean, what did you think about Tony Parker? Yeah, uh, I probably agree. I could agree with that. A B, a B, 
Um, sounds about right. Uh, you know, Tony, you know, coming back from that injury, obviously when anybody comes back from an injury, it's not a hard thing. to. It's not an easy thing to do. It's, you know, you have to get yourself back into rhythm, back into playing shape, your shot. Um, he also did pretty good, you know, in the playoffs against the Warriors. He had a couple possession plays there where he was able to, you know, drive in, go for those layups, you know, those spin move layups that he normally does. Uh, he was he was showing glimpses of last year against the Houston Rockets in the playoffs too. So he did what he could. You know he he wasn't great, but he wasn't really that bad either. Um, he sounds about right. Yeah, you know, given the fact that he went through those injuries. One of the other players too that we we can't end the show until we grade them is Davis Bertans. Davis Bertans is one of these players where, man, this dude likes to get out there and he can get in your face and he, he isn't going to back down from nobody. I like that that warrior spirit that he has. You know, he doesn't back down from a fight. You know, we need more players like him out there on the court. But unfortunately, we're grading based on performance. And it doesn't mean that they had to knock down a ton of buckets. It's more like, what did you do even without the ball? You know, did you play really good, outstanding defense? Did you contribute in other word in other ways out there on the court on a consistent basis? I saw flashes out of it, you know, from Davis here and there, but not consistently. You know, and based on that, based on the performance in the playoffs, unfortunately, Davis, I'd have to give you a solid D. You know, and it's just because I needed to see more out of him. You know, I needed to see him out there, um, battling for rebounds you know going out there and i wanted to see him on the ground you know really battling these people and uh scoring more i mean he's a scorer he's a shooter and his shots just weren't following him he was kind of like throwing up bricks a lot of times you know when he was wide open and that's just unacceptable you know you you're wide open you're you're brought over because you have one job and that's to hitch jump shots consistently and unfortunately, in that end, I think Davis let us down. But I look forward to seeing what he has next season. I mean, what did you think about his performance? Yeah, I'll probably go with the either yeah, either a D or a C minus. I mean, it he had his moments where he could hit shots. He had his moments where he was able to penetrate down the lane, go for dunks and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, but then there was also other games where he just wasn't effective, uh, like we would have hoped him to be. Yeah, he just disappeared. Uh, then again, you brought up, you know, his he, he's a guy that won't back down either. You know, he got into it with Draymond Green a couple of times. Yeah, and, I mean, you you have to stand up for yourself. You just can't let somebody just throw you elbows and stuff like that. Because Draymond Green likes to, you know, talk a lot of trash too. So you can't just let somebody talk trash to you like that. Yeah, if they get into your face, you got to stand up for yourself. That doesn't make you a punk or anything. That I mean, you're just defending yourself, and I mean, you got to do what you got to do out there. And at least he did that, you know. Yeah. Um, I think but, he earned Draymond's respect because he stood up to him. You know. Mm-hmm. That's that's just me, Thomas. I think he really did. And the Spurs, I think, as a whole, they have the respect of the Warriors because the Warriors, after the game, you know, when the, they closed out the Spurs in Game Five. They had nothing but good things and, you know, it's all nothing but love and respect for the Spurs because they're like, you can't fault these guys for losing. They they sure put up a fight. You know, that's what the Warriors said. They played hard on defense. They were out there playing hard on every possession. 
So the Warriors say, you know, hey, we respect that team. You know, they, they can't, they really don't respect a lot of teams, you know, but they have a high regard of respect uh, for the San Antonio Spurs and even uh, Greg Popovich. And did you notice that too? Yeah, I noticed it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, ha- I'm happy with the team. Um, what do you think moving forward? What do you think we're going to see out of these the San Antonio Spurs next season? Are we going to see them come out with a vengeance and possibly have a 50-plus win season? Or are we going to be just barely scraping into the playoffs again and limping in, you know, at the as a 6th, 7th, or 8th seed? What are your expectations for the team next season, Thomas? Well, a lot of it has to depend on what we do in the offseason, uh, you know, what we do in the draft. What happens with Kawhi Leonard? Uh, you know, does he come back? Is he going to be healthy? If he's healthy, you know, the start of next year, and he goes through full training camp, he plays in the regular in the preseason games, also regular season games, and if he's back to a hundred percent by then, I think the Spurs will have a better season than they did last year, um, because that's all they were really missing was Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi makes them a different team. Like I've, you know, we've talked about it all the time. He he changes the outlook of this team, and with his presence on the court, they obviously win at least ten plus more games easily. If he's out there on the court, they would have won at least, you know, an extra ten games, and that's at least ten games. They could, probably could have did more than that, won yeah. more. But uh, that's just how big of a difference maker he is. I mean, he can really change the aspect of how a team looks when he's on his game, when he's playing offense and defense. I mean, he's one of those top players in the league that he can actually change a team's outlook. And, and you know, once they have him, you know, and that's the thing about the Spurs this year, when they didn't have him, a lot of guys were playing roles they weren't accustomed to playing. So I think that's what led to a lot of the struggles uh, during the season where they couldn't make shots. You know, they seemed like they were out of sync. Because you can get away with it after a couple games without Kawhi, but when you go a long duration without him, it starts taking a toll on the team and you start realizing, man, I mean, yeah, they don't have their best player out there and you can see it. And it affects everybody else. It affects the way everybody plays and their roles and stuff like that. So um, Kawhi being there makes a huge difference. And I think if he's there next year, if he's there next year healthy – I think they'll have a much better season. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I'm I'm looking forward to a better season, a better showing in the playoffs, possibly even making a return to the Western Conference Finals. If everybody stays healthy, you know, and we do have the return of Kawhi Leonard. But if we have a new roster, you know, new players, Kawhi's not going to be with the Spurs because maybe he gets traded. Then you have a big question mark. And then we're going to see really what will happen for the foreseeable future. But whether Spurs fans would like to think about this or not. And I think a lot of them have let this pass them by for better or for worse. This first team is in a transition period and they've been in a transition period ever since Tim Duncan retired. You know, you really don't have a true definite face of the franchise right now. You have a question mark. You had LaMarcus Aldridge show up this season. Kawhi is a big question moving forward. So who really is going to stand up and take, you know, ownership of the team and say, this is my team, I'm the leader, and I'm going to lead by example. You know, until somebody actually says that, 
then you're going to have your true leader. And we'll just see what happens with this team moving forward, because that's basically what they need. They need the face of the franchise. Who's it going to be? You know, is it going to be LaMarcus? Is it going to be a uh, Kawhi Leonard? You know, if he even returns, there's a lot of question marks. Yes. But thank God that we don't get paid the big bucks to make those tough decisions. <laughs> so we got to just trust in pop, trust in the system. And hopefully we'll, we'll look forward to, to seeing some really good Spurs basketball next season. I know if I, for one, can already, you know, looking forward to just counting those days down and seeing the start of the preseason and the regular season. It can't come here soon enough, Thomas. <laughs> I know you feel the same. Yeah. Yeah, you know, uh, you, you know, you just, I just want the Spurs to get healthy. You know, I want Kawhi to get healthy. And, that, you know, everyone, you know, every Spurs fan wants that. And, yeah. um, you know, you don't like seeing teams go out there not 100% because you're not seeing the real team. When the team's out there 100%, and if they lose for some reason, well, then, you know, they, you know, they lost their end square. But whenever they don't have their guys and all their soldiers, all their horses in the race, yeah. it's really hard to judge. You know, you can't, I mean, they did what they could, and but with Kawhi's there, I mean, he he makes this team and any team a, a, better. He way better than yeah. what they actually look. And with him, you know, I think everybody else that struggled probably wouldn't have struggled that bad if he was there. Because, like I said, we talked about it all the time. Their roles, you know, it changes. So guys that are out there for long periods of time when he's not there, but only would only be out on the court for shorter minutes. But, and you know, in those shorter minutes, they probably would make, you know, their shots, mainly because they're in their, they're already used to coming off the bench, playing within yeah. those uh, limited minutes. So a lot of that impacts the game. So him being there makes them a better team, much better. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, and then be, we're going to go ahead and end this episode of the Two Shots podcast. But before we do, let the people know where they can uh, – Get a hold of you, Thomas, on social media and talk spurs and sports and just about anything else. Where can they reach you? Well, um, everybody knows, you know, I'm always available on Facebook. You, know, you can add me at Facebook, facebook.com slash TTSD21, uh, I think it is, the URL, uh, under Thomas Vega. Uh, Tom the Spurs Dude uh, on Twitter, at Tom the Spurs Dude on Instagram. Um, you can message me there as well, uh, Twitter. And all those wonderful places. So I'm I'm always available. So you want to talk Spurs? I'm the type of person that you can just send me some DMs, and uh, I have group chats or whatever. Uh, I'm always talking about the you know the team. So um, people can get a hold of me there. Yeah, and, and people don't know, but Thomas he really loves these. You know, the bigger the woman, the more he loves a man. So make sure you hit him up on his direct message on on Facebook. I'm just playing with you. <laughs> <laughs> Well, all girls are welcome. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just giving Thomas a hard time. Don't believe me. But you can reach us on Two Shots Podcast at T-W-O-S-H-O-T-S Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can also look us up on the World Wide Web at TwoShotsSA.com. Well, for Thomas Vega, I'm Joe Garcia. Thank you for tuning in. And until next time, guys, go Spurs go. Go Spurs go.